people how are you guys doing today huh Woo! it is October 23rd it's a Tuesday we're doing a, a quick turnaround on the old podcaster Rooney here uh, we're gonna have some fun today this is something new and different I want to try something out so this is what we're gonna do I, I love this this idea right because this is the story of Montgomery Brewster a relief pitcher in the minor leagues of life who got handed the American dream on a very hot plate What's the movie? You guessed it. Something you haven't heard of. Trust me. You have not heard of this movie, kids. So coming in at 50 seconds, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55. There you go. Today, we are going over Rooster's Millions. That's right. And why Rooster's Millions? Why? Why? Are you kidding me? First of all, we are in lottery fever. Lato ma lato lato fever lato lato fever it's gonna gonna be a lato fever lottery fever folks we've got uh two different jackpots out there the first one the mega millions it's at 1.6 billion dollars 1.6 billion let me make sure that's accurate as of today yeah mega millions Refresh, $1.6 billion, and Powerball, $620 million. So you take the lump sum, right? Take the cash. For Powerball, you're going to walk away with about $350 million. And for Mega Millions, you're walking away at $900 million. So just put that in your pipe and smoke it for a hot second. Put it in your pipe and smoke it for a hot, hot second. That's a lot of money. So when there's this much money on the line, when people are going out, they're, 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 they're getting money, they're doing cash advances on their credit cards, they're just going crazy. When all that's happening, what do you do? Well, you take a note from Hollywood, that's what you do. You take a note from the kids in Hollywood and you do Brewster's Millions. And then we have some fun. Plus, listen, when there's lotto fever, there's highs and there's lows. There's winners and there's losers. Even in the winner's bracket, they're still losers. People who win, who do all of these things, get all this money, they can still lose out, right? So you gotta look at this. You gotta look at it this way. So real quick, for those of you that don't know about Brewster's Millions, and uh, oh man, I apologize. The movie's based on a, on a film from 19, or, or from a book from 1902, in case you're wondering, right? No, my, you know what? I try to get all this stuff dialed in and my iPad moves all around. There we go. So now I know what the dollop guys feel like when they're trying to read off the iPad. So based on the 1902 novel, the same name, Brewster's Millions, starred Richard Pryor as a minor league pitcher. Everyone over that, right? He stands to inherit 300 million of his great uncle's fortune if he can spend 30 million in 30 days 
without retaining any assets. So he also, he can't tell anyone what's going on. John Candy, the often copied, never duplicated from the great outdoors in many, 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 many other films. Beautiful John Candy is his teammate Spike Nolan. Despite primarily negative reviews, the film did well at the box office and was a mainstay on cable television for years. I remember watching this movie. I remember thinking, how would you spend $30 million in 30 days? That is crazy. So if you're a kid, right, and you're doing it, doing it, and doing it well, because you represent Queens, you're way, raised out in Brooklyn, you watched this in the 80s and 90s on TBS. For sure you did. And this is, you know, the, these dreams of getting millions and blowing it just so that you can get more millions. I mean, this concept, this idea has been adapted over and over again. The book has been redone 1914, 1921, 1935, 1945. There was a Miss Brewster's Millions, 1926. And three on a spree, the English actually remade something of ours in 1961. But that time, there was only a million dollars to be spent, which seems ridiculous. But if you think about it, not so much, right? I mean, come on now. So this, this movie is, it's, it's fascinating because if you got $900 million, if you spent 30 million in the first 30 days, that doesn't seem like a lot. In fact, you're like, okay, well, I, I could probably do that. You know, I could probably still get away with that. But I think then there's a habit. Here's the other thing. You can't retain any assets. So, you know, that's the, that's the cool thing about this film is that they're talking about you have to, you have to come out net zero, Ooh, nothing, no wins, no losses. That's just how it is. So, you know, Walter Hill directed it for the money. Walter Hill, director of the Warriors in 48 hours. He did the film, you know, um, and he only did it to improve the bank account, which is kind of funny considering that it's a movie about improving your bank account, you know, um, the female lead was Lynette McKee, Pryor's co-star in uh, Which Way Is Up, right? So you're getting, a, you're getting a little more background information than you usually get on these. But this is, you know, I, I wanted to dive into this a little bit more because it's just, it's lotto fever. You guys, we're going we're gonna to post this today as well. It's going to go up. You're going to have lotto, lotto fever. And this is what you want to do. Hill was surprised that John Candy wanted to do the film. I mean, you know, John Candy, great actor, right? Um, so this is, this is really, you know, he was a fan of SCTV. He said, love to have you in the picture. I'm afraid the way the script stands, there isn't much for you to do, but I'll do my best to expand the part for you. And John Candy said, expand you will, expand I will, let's do it. Now, the only travesty about this, quite honestly, folks, is that we are, we're actually talking over um, a great, the great Richard Pryor and the great John Candy. They're so funny and they're, they're, they're comedic geniuses, even though, so, so first of all, let me finish that thought real quick. That they to understand, if you don't know who Richard Pryor is, you haven't heard any of his stuff, you haven't watched any of his movies, you got to watch it. You got to go after it. You have to. And the reason being is because he is, his comedic timing is epic. He's extremely funny. He's great, great comedic genius. One of the best ever. Right. Uh, so, but in all this and in their comedic timing and everything being perfect, Pryor had an issue with Candy. He just did. Candy was jealous of Pryor and Eddie Murphy's instant friendship on the set of Brewster's Millions. Did you know Eddie Murphy was in there? Yeah, he was. You know, Candy confessed to Mooney that he thought Pryor hated him. Mooney told him otherwise, but wrote the truth that Richard cannot stand the man. So even in this movie where they are playing best friends, 
And this is just acting gold, right? This is just acting gold. Two guys knowing how to act together, knowing how to hang out, and just put their, just going in for a paycheck. Also, a funny movie. You know, um, Yakov Smirnov was typecast according to, well, you heard it, Yakov Smirnov, you know, uh, Heartburn, The Money Pit, Brewster's Millions. This is understandable, but hey, it just happens, right? Another remake is possible, forthcoming in 2015, Entertainment Weekly reported that Robert Townsend is set to direct a new version of Brewster's Millions. This would be like number seven. So I mean, the, the, this movie has staying power. Now, can you replace Richard Pryor and John Candy? Both RIP? I don't believe you can, no. Uh, was Richard Pryor on some cocaine at the time? I don't know if he was or not. I don't know. He had, you know, he famous talking about his, his, his cocaine addictions and what he liked and uh, shooting, shooting his car and everything else. Richard Pryor's amazing. I mean, I mean amazing genius, also troubled. And, and you hear comics, you hear them talk about this. They often are, well, troubled. They have some troubles. Candy did, right? Pryor does. Our main man from Law and Orders in this film, I forget his name, but he is fantastic. Gotta love him. Set straight to the point. So, you know, they're in jail. They got into a bar fight. And back then, in, in, during the time of this film, bar fights were okay. They were okay. You went to jail, you got a couple knocks in your chin, you got out. It's not like today. You get drunk, disorderly, and you get into a bar fight today, and you go to jail. Forget Brewster's millions, forget the 30 million, the 300 million, forget any of the amount of money that you have. Forget all that. Put it all aside. Not happening, champ. Not happening at all. You know why? You're going to jail, probably getting sued. Uh, you're going to have to go to some therapy. After therapy, you're going to have to go see some specialist. You're probably not going to be allowed to talk to your kid ever again. Who knows? It's just, it's not a good deal. Let's bring all that up to say, don't get into fights, don't be an asshole. Get drunk, have a good time, there you go. Even if you are Brewster's Million. Even if you are. Uh, by the way, uh, in case you're wondering, uh, Richard Pryor is wearing a Cubs shirt, and the Cubs not in the World Series issue, but they did win a couple years ago, so yay Cubbies. And it is, oh, and uh, I believe the World Series starts tonight. Mega Millions Lottery, World Series. We had football last night. There's a lot going on in this world. There's a lot going on. And you gotta find out that John Candy and Richard Pryor didn't get along. This is in the first 10 minutes. The first 10 minutes. Hang on to your hat. It only gets wilder from here, people. So, let's move on here. As we're waiting for Richard to get his money, let's, uh, let's look at some lottery winners that uh, they didn't have the best of luck. They just didn't have the best of luck. <laughs> and there is the age-old tale of people winning the lottery and it wrecking their lives. One is, and you could, you could attest this to athletes, if you will, uh, or anyone who gets a big bonus at a job or maybe goes from zero to hero rather quickly. Could be an actor, could be a model. It is hard to comprehend in any way, shape, or form winning an, an obscene amount of money. It is, and you can say, oh, Jerry, you don't know what you're talking about. And you're right, I haven't won the lottery. But ask people what they'd spend the money on. The US people, they 1.6 billion, they walk away with $900 million. I'd buy myself a nice house. Okay, well, what do you consider nice? 
You know, uh, what, what do you consider really, really nice? Oh, I consider a $2 million house nice. Okay, so now you're at $898 million. Well, I'd get myself a Lexus. A Lexus, $100,000 car, okay? What are you doing now? Well, I'm gonna give some to charity. You just, and you're trying to spend it, and it's recurring interest, and then if, if you're not anonymous, if you don't claim the, the movie or the, the money anonymously, then what happens? Everyone and their, their daughter are knocking at your door, they're asking for money. You got $800 million, come on, help me out a little bit. Come on, come on, this could be, please, I just need a little bit of money. And then how do you spend the money? What do you spend the money on? What do you like spending the money on versus what somebody else may spend the money on? Hmm? What if you're married? You give half to your spouse, to that significant other. So now you're, so now you've given half out. So now you're both at $450 million. And then, and then what? What do you guys do? You got kids, set up a trust for the kid. Does the kid ever work again? Or do you hit uh, certain things and go, all right, well, here's the milestones. If you graduate from high school, you get money for college. You graduate from college, you get money for a house. You get a job that pays you this much or that you're doing in your field. You get this much more per month or per year to help you out. Who knows? What do you do? There's all these things happening. All of this stuff. Nobody know, Nobody takes into consideration. And when you don't take it into consideration, then you just don't understand. You don't understand. And then the weight of what that feels like to have that money. And let's say not everyone around you is affluent. Do you pay for your friends? Do you open up a business and just give them a paycheck and have some fun? You want it to succeed. You're seeing money go out the window. Let's say you're giving all your buddies a $200,000 a year. All right, you got five buddies, a million bucks a year. Okay, well you have 800 million. There you go. Then you got insurance. And then you've got probably gonna have to do an executive trip once a year, have some fun, right? Uh, you might get sued. You gotta, you gotta be prepared for that. Or your buddy's gonna work hard. What if you get resentful because this is actually something you really wanna do and they just wanna hang out and party and get a paycheck from you. Plus you're still buying everything. You're giving them a check and you're buying everything because you're still the richest person on the block. That's just, that's a lot. That is just too much, way too much. So with all that said, now let's go down the road of these 19 people, lucky 19 people or unlucky, they would say they're unlucky, but 19 people that for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, won the lottery and said it ruined their lives. Number one, the Griffiths. They won $2.76 million, $2.76 million. Robert Griffith hardly, according to them now, Mind you, this is hindsight 2020 and everything looks rosier. They said they never argued. So they bought a million dollar house and a Porsche. But 18 months later, six years after uh, Robert, but 18 months ago, six years after Robert won, Robert drove away in the Porsche after Laura confronted him over emails suggesting he was interested in another woman. Well, listen, money, there's two things you got to understand. Money and alcohol show exactly who you are. They just do. When you have lots of money and you start treating people like shit, you are always gonna treat people like shit and you're an asshole. When you're drunk and you treat people like shit, guess what? It's just showing your true colors, okay? You have to understand this, folks. This is the ultimate lie detector test. The ultimate lie detector test is money and alcohol. 
That's just how it is. You give people a shit ton of money and they go find new friends or, or they start treating people like shit or, you know, and, and don't take it as they don't give you money as treating you like shit. Don't get me wrong. Don't take it that way because that's not true. All right. If they start talking down to you, they start flaunting their wealth in your face. They're assholes. Get rid of them. But seriously, money and alcohol, they just do that. All right. So, you know, Robert and Laura, they, uh, they hardly argue. But now all of a sudden she's confronting him. He leaves in the Porsche. Their 14 year marriage is over. A fire gutted their house and every penny of their fortune was gone. So they went back to zero. Tira Bassi, she won $10 million nine years ago. Well, 15 years ago now. So in 2004, she was a single mom who had been on welfare, cashed a check from the Ontario Lottery Gaming Corp for $10.5 million, $10 million. She spent her winnings on a big house, fancy cars, designer clothes, lavish parties, exotic trips, handouts to family, mm, loans to friends, mm, and in less than a decade, she's back riding the bus, working part-time and living in a rented house. She did put some in a windfall trust for her six children who can claim the money when they turn 26. So she blew it all. She just did. It's only 10 million. That's not a lot. That's not a lot. I mean, even in 2004, it's not a lot. Tanya Lynn, a former Waffle House waitress. And who doesn't love the Waffle House? All right. Who doesn't love the Waffle House? The Waffle House is delicious. FYI, I'm still doing, before, before we get to Tanya, sober October update. Bam, let's do this really quick. Sober October update. I am uh, still doing sober October. It is cruising along, uh, it's going okay. It's not terrible, it's not great, it's not terrible. Um, there's a there's a water shortage here. Not water shortage. The water's basically uh, it's full of shit here in Austin, and the filters aren't working. So you cannot drink water from the tap. You cannot you know ice, no water. So you only bottled water. And of course, this is prime beer drinking season. You know when when, when there's no water, you drink beer. You can have flavored water like Coors Light, Miller Light, Bud Light. You can do amazing beers, and I am still sucking. I'm, I'm on, right now. I'm having an orange burst diet soda from HEB because the water here is undrinkable. I went and I bought some bottled water, and I don't know if, if bottled water is any. First of all, I, I do know. I do know the bottled water is loaded in plastic. It's not. It's not good for you at all. I don't know what's worse, drinking shit water or bottled water. I, I mean. One's going to for, for sure give you diarrhea like nobody's business. And the other, well, the other is, is going to, uh, <laughs> it's going to poison your system on the inside. So I did buy some bottle of water. I have to, you know, uh, I am, I'm boiling a lot of water. And you're washing dishes in boiling hot water. You, you, you can't wash dishes with soap and poop. It's like taking a hard turd putting soap on the outside and scrubbing your dishes. You just can't do it. So what does that do to a sober October? It's just, it's, listen, it's a little frustrating when you're going to grab something to drink or you're used to drinking water all day because you're not drinking beer or anything else. And instead, you are drinking diet soda. You're drinking bottled water. It's just, man, you just, this, these days, 
this kind of poisoning, it calls for a beer. Now, the good news, I guess, is, or the excuses in all of this, is that here we are on October 23rd, Tuesday. We have eight days till the 1st of November. This is supposed to last a couple of weeks here. So I'm going to get the tail end, the fun of this, be able to have some beers and enjoy this with, uh, with my neighbors and have a good time. Hopefully so. So we're at a, as we're going now, back, we're going to go to Tanya Lynn, uh, who's a Waffle House waitress. The, uh, the Sober October update is, and I think I'm down five pounds. Sober October update done. Brewster has gotten his $30 million to blow in 30 days. If he blows the $30 million in 30 days, he gets $300 million. Super simple math. And he's got to come out net zero. And he just got it. And he's like, I can do it. Now he's getting read the rules of what it means that he can and cannot do. And we're going to go over. We're going to look at some stuff that you could blow your money on. And it starts right now. Midnight. Boom. So Tanya Lynn. She got served a big plate of karma when she refused to split her winnings with her ex-colleagues and was forced to pay the tax on, oh my, a lot of money, eh, 1.1 million. Dickerson placed her winnings in a corporation and granted her family 51% of the stock, qualifying her for the tax. Well, you know, listen, I don't, I don't know if her friends helped her pay for that one, so she probably could have, you know, gone in and given out some big tips, I guess, just given back a little bit, but she didn't. And you're not required to in any way, shape, or form. So it is what it is. Susan Mullins couldn't dig herself out of debt. Mullins won the U.S. lottery in 1993, and she opted for yearly payouts instead of the lump sum. She quickly found herself in debt using future payouts as collateral for a $200,000 loan. Mullins later switched to the lump sum, but never paid back the debt. The loan company filed suit and won. Wow. $154,000. The settlement was all but worthless. Mullins had no assets. Well, you know, it's going to happen. Merico Lopez quit his job, lied about it, then got sued. Now, see, I remember this one, right? The construction worker won the New Jersey lottery, quit his job, and then lied about it, claiming he needed foot surgery. After coming clean to an ex-colleague, he and a few others ganged up on Lopez for not splitting the lottery winnings as promised. The court ordered Lopez to split the prize. Listen, if you're out there, so one, lottery, lottery tip number one from yours truly. Don't buy with a group. Don't. Just go buy, just go spend the $2. Go buy a ticket. Go spend $2. Go buy a ticket. Call it a day. You're done. That's it. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. Nothing else. Don't worry about a thing. Who cares? It's all good. Don't worry about it. Just do it. You get into these groups and there's no rules and who wants to write rules down, right? You're all friends. It's all good. Who really cares about it? Blah, 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 blah. I, you know what? Everyone does. And we already talked about how money changes people. It can change people. You bring up the ass. Listen, Mr. Lopez, you're a dick. You're an asshole. You're a cunt. You're a horrible fucking human being. You stole from your friends because you wanted it all and you lied about it. You lied all about it. That's horrible. Fucking horrible human being. You deserve what you got. They should have taken it all from you just for being a liar. So don't, don't do these group things. It never works out well. They did a TV show on NBC about a group of people that won the lottery and one person was sick that day, but they said, oh, I got you. But then they're like, oh, we never got the money. I remember one person lived in a hotel. There was, it was a big, I think it lasted a season, an NBC show about the lottery. But I remember that show and it was, it just, it highlighted the fact that 
One, it's a lot of money, and a lot of money brings out a lot of greed and a lot of nonsense. Two, yeah, you're going to find out. So just go buy your own ticket. Just go buy your own ticket. That's what you do. $2, folks. Buy your own ticket. Ibi Ronciolio was murdered by her husband after she squandered her winnings. Well, walked with $5 million in 1991. That's good. That's good. But she didn't tell her husband how she decided to spend it. When Joseph, her husband, a gynecologist, found out about E.B. gave $2 million of her fortune to a secret child she had with another man, he poisoned her with painkillers. Uh, he was found guilty of manslaughter and reportedly asked E.B.'s family to help foot the bill for the funeral. Dude, one, I don't know how she had a secret kid. Uh, it's hard to hide pregnancy. There's just, there's certain things it's hard to do, and hiding pregnancy is the other one. Uh, killing someone over giving $2 million away, dude, just divorce, let it go. You're a gynecologist, I'm sure you're making a little bit of cheddar, making a couple of bucks, let her go. Who cares, not worth going to jail over. No one's worth going to jail over. No one's worth murder and going to jail over. It's just true, no one's worth it at all. Hold on, I gotta take a drink of my delicious orange burst diet soda, zero calories. And zero sugar. Zero calories, zero sugar, nothing. What just happened to my computer? It just freaked out. There we go. We're back. Okay. Evelyn Adams. Now, Evelyn, taking a note from Brewster's Millions, gambled all of hers away. In the mid-1980s, Adams won the lottery twice. Once in 85 and once in 86. Hey, hey, shenanay. They won a cool $5.4 million, but, but asked my report, she gambled it away in Atlantic City. Today, she lives in a trailer park. So won the lottery twice. Good, Evelyn, good job. Won $5.4 million, excellent, in the 80s, that's a lot of money. And then decided that you were still on a hot streak when you were on a cold streak. Interesting. I like Michael Car Carroll because he won 9.7 million pounds or $15 million in 2002. But he liked cocaine, he liked parties, he liked hookers, he liked cars. And in five years, he went through that $15 million by spending it on cocaine, parties, hookers, and cars. He's an ex-garbage man and was hoping to get his old job back, but they're not hiring him. Hmm, that's, you know, that's kind of sad. But it's also, you have to, you have to have a... A limiter on you, right? You have to you have to understand that you you need to limit what you're doing in in some way. You have to have a limiter. You you can you should be able to go crazy on two things. Two things: house and get a nice car, get a couple of fun cars, whatever it may be. Maybe take your family on a vacation, a really nice one, something you would never do. And take everyone in the family. Take as many people as you can in the family. Take them all, have some fun, do it. That would be a blast. So just get it done. Go have fun, go do it, and then you're out. You're out, you're out, you're out. And then start planning. But get a lawyer, start planning, have some fun. Andrew Jackson Whitaker Jr. He was undone by a casino lawsuit. The West Virginia building contractor walked away with 114 million after taxes. 
on a 315 million multi-state Powerball draw. Good for you, sir. That was just about his last stroke of good fortune. In two separate instances, thieves ran off with $745,000 that he had stashed in his car. And he sued Caesars Atlantic City for allegedly bouncing $1.5 million. He was sued by Caesars for bouncing $1.5 million in checks. Within four years, he had blown through $114 million. Four years. Wow. Wow, that's like almost $30 million a year. Quick dumb math, quick dumb math. $40 million a year. Are you, or $30 million a year. Are you kidding me? Four years. Bang, 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 bang. That's insane. And what did you, I mean, and, you know, 1.4 million just stolen from you. 1.5 million stolen from you. So a Pentecostal preacher working as a stock boy at a Home Depot, he got 31 million in 1997. At first, life was good for Billy Bob. He bought a ranch, six other homes, and some new cars. But he couldn't say no when people asked for a handout, and he evidently got divorced, and then, well, Billy Bob took his life. He committed suicide. Why? Well, Billy Bob, he also fell victim. First of all, I don't know that Pentecostal preachers or any or preachers gamble. I don't know, because this is a form of gambling, right? I don't know if they should gamble. I don't know what the rules are on that. Home Depot working, got 31 million. This is one of those things where, you know, you kind of wish no one knew you had the money. Then you could do some fun philanthropic work. You could have a good time. You could really, you could really ace it up if you wanted to. You know, Jesus gives, and then he, uh, he said, no, I don't know why I committed suicide. That's tough. That's a tough one. In 1989, this guy named Willie Hurt, he'd be hurting, won $3.1 million. Two years later, Hurt got divorced, lost custody of his children, was charged with attempted murder. There's murder again and picked up one hell of a crack cocaine addiction. In fact, that crack cocaine took away his $3.1 million. He's now broke. Yeah. Listen, it sounds fun to party. It sounds, it's, you want to get that high? You want to, you want to feel? Do you, I, I wonder if it's someone who wants to feel that high again. Do you do crack cocaine? Do you get after it because you want to feel that high again? You're like, oh, you know what feel great? this high this high once again of of going after it and and just saying hey you know we are going to we're going to do this feel this way do this this would be amazing let's get after this high of, of seeing that check of opening up my bank account of wondering what is going on can i relive that moment in any way shape or form that would be awesome can I do it? Mm, no, you can't do it. And I'll tell you why you can't do it. Because it never comes back. You never get that high again. It looks like that's what Willie was trying to chase. This is my assumption from the outside. I could be a thousand percent wrong. He could have had a crack co cocaine addiction before that was only curbed by... Did he, did he, did he, you guessed it. <laughs> dollar, dollar bills. And now, that didn't seem like it was in the way. But crack knows... Oh, now here's the thing. If you're going through a divorce right now, if you're in the process of a divorce right now, if you are separated, but the divorce is not finalized, don't go buy a lottery ticket unless you want to share it with your ex. 
This allowed Denise Rossi, she won 1.3 million in the California lotto. She left her husband without a word, and there you go. Husband knew something was up, but agreed to divorce her anyways. Two years later, he intercepted a letter at his new LA pad revealing the truth. He sued Denise for not disclosing her winnings in the divorce, and the judge awarded Thomas every cent. Bang, bang, bang. Listen, if you're going through a divorce, don't buy a lottery ticket unless you want to look at that person across the way from you, that person that evidently you don't like so much you can't live or spend another moment with them, whether you have kids or not. You get, look at them and say, I want to give you $450 million. There's a chance I'm going to give you $450 million so that you can live an amazing, crazy, awesome, just cash flow, flow and flush life. Yeah. Or no. Right? No. So then don't go buy the lottery ticket. Don't go do it. Wigmacher Jeanette Lee won $18 million in 1993. In 2003, everything was gone. Wigmacher from South Korea. Oh, hold on. She was a wig maker. First of all, the commas are important, people. Damn, you're writing these stories up. I get it, but commas are important. A wig maker, Jeanette Lee, not wig, wig maker, Jeanette Lee. Commas, super important. Good Lord. She was a wig maker. And by the way, I probably should have read this a couple of times out loud before getting into you guys. So I'm not just blowing my stuff. Okay, here we go. So she was a wig maker from South Korea. She blew her winnings out of all things charity. You can give yourself away. A reading room was named after at Washington University Law School, and she was a major donor to the Democratic Party. Here's something else we can all learn and understand, and I think it's important for all of us to learn and understand, and that is, A, <laughs> anytime you give money to the government or people running for the government or anything in the government, guess what? Yeah, they never give any back. Never, ever. You don't get any of that money back. You don't. You know what you get back? Nothing. Oh, you know what they do? They ask for more. You give, they ask. You give, they ask. It's how, it's how it is. So in the you give, they ask world, guess what? They're going to keep asking. And if they know you're going to give, they're going to keep asking for you to give, 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 give. You're never getting any back. At least, as a wig maker, she can go make wigs at the Washington University Law School. She's got a reading room name gone after, right? She filed for bankruptcy in 2001. She had a gambling and credit card debt. And, um, you know, that also probably didn't help. A Welsh-born man named Luke Petard, he won $1.9 million. But spent it all on a trip to the Canary Islands, a wedding, and a house. First of all, one hell of a trip. And good for you. A year, year and a half later, he was forced... Back at his job, flipping burgers at McDonald's. He was happy. His leftover winnings collect interest. So he's got a little bit left. He's just collecting interest. I guess he'll retire. That's good. I mean, listen, as long as everything else is paid for, that's not a terrible story. After all of these, what? He's working at, with Ronald McDonald. He's a famous clown. He's making excellent hamburgers. If you consider those hamburgers excellent, hopefully he's got the fries right. He's looking at that money, gaining interest. He's got a house. He's got a story to tell. He's an aspirational model for anyone back there. Save your money. Go to the Canary Islands. Have a good time. 
do a dope-ass wedding and buy yourself a nice house. I don't know what the taxes look like on that house. They have property taxes where he lives or how that works. Yeah, you got to have some fun. I don't know. Hold on. Drink time. So good. Not really. Not as good as a beer. That's for sure. So William Post, he he's a series of unfortunate incidents, right? God was listening in 1988 when William Bud Post won the Pennsylvania Lottery. $16.2 million. But then, then everything started coming after him. An ex-girlfriend sued him for a share of the winnings and won. I don't know how that works. His brother hired a hitman hoping to inherit some winnings. And relatives incessantly bugged him for money. Wow. Within a year, Post was a million in debt and filing for bankruptcy. Now he lives on food stamps and $450 a month stipend. First of all, your brother hired a hitman hoping to inherit some of the winnings. That sucks. That sucks. But that's greed, which is tied right to money, which shows exactly how bad it can be. Ugh. And his girlfriend sued him for a share of the winnings, his ex-girlfriend. Man, a lie. That's just some darkness in people. You got it. There's some darkness. And unfortunately, it rolled right off into him. So, 1998, Gerald Muswagen won $10 million in a Super 7 jackpot in Canada. Yeah, that's not bad. But he blew it all on drinking and partying in seven years. Uh, that's kind of bad. Filed with, re, filled with remorse, Moose, Moosewagen hanged himself in his parents' garage in 2005. Hey, man, it's just money. Here's the other thing. You get the money, you blow it. You get the money, you have to share it with 50 people. You have that 900 million, you get 10 million of it after taxes. You're like, oh, I got $10 million. Wow, but you're part of the richest jackpot of all time and you blow it. Here's the crazy thing about life. It's just money. You only blew money. Who cares? It's money. Listen, don't destroy people's lives. Don't destroy your own life. But if you, if you have cool stuff or you had cool stuff or you have great stories to tell and you have to go back and work, okay, then you go back and you work. Who cares? Not a big deal. It's just money. That one gal won twice. And don't, don't bank your fortunes on winning the lottery or not, but think about what you've learned. Maybe you read a book, you know, How I, how I Blew $10 Million. Who's not reading that book? Turned it into a movie? Do a podcast, how I, how I Blew $10 Million, and just start telling your $10 million stories. Just have people laughing their asses off. As you tell a story about how you blew $10 million in four years, you've got at least five stories. You, there you go. You're in. Maybe get it sponsored by the lottery. Maybe get a therapist on there. And then you start digging deep. You get dig. You start getting in there and start talking about why you had to spend the money like that. What's going on? What does that feel like to just go through that much money and then you really and then you open up emotionally about what's going on and you you teach people and they and they learn about everything that's happening in your life and why it's happening imagine imagine all of that coming out from from you blowing 10 million don't kill yourself man it's not worth it it's not worth it moose wagon we miss you don't even know who you are we miss you rhoda and alex toth both landed in court for tax evasion. Ooh, they hit $13 million in 1990. With, um, and now within 15 years, they're in destitute. Yeah, they'll take not a lot of people coming out strong. 
couple did file for bankruptcy and eventually accused of tax evasion by the IRS. Alex passed away before the trial actually hit and Rhoda, well, she served two years in prison. I don't understand tax evasion and serving two years in prison. Like, you owe us money. So we're going to make sure you can't make any money for two years. Make him work. Have him get a job. That's all. Uh, Vivian Nicholson, uh, she got a taste for the good life when she only won 152000 in a football pool in 1960. Well, it was 1961. Okay. But she blew it, fill it by buying clothes. Years later, jobless, newly minted Jehovah's Witness and a widow. She's also been married five times now. Wow. It's aggressive. It's aggressive. Very aggressive. Teen mom, Callie Rogers, was too young to spend her money wisely. She was 16 and won 1.9 million pounds or 3 million bucks. And just didn't have anyone to help her manage her money. Rogers hooked up with a, with a loser. She had two children, then blew the rest of the money on partying, vacations, and gifts for her friends. She's now a cleaning woman and reportedly facing bankruptcy. That sucks. That sucks. Those are not fun stories, kids. They're not. They are not fun stories. But what, a couple of things we learned, right? Here's a couple of things we learned from those awful stories. A, people find out you have money, they're dicks. B, people find out they have money, they're dicks. C, people are greedy. D, people who get money and are greedy can be dicks. E, man, you gotta take a breath. You gotta take a breath. If you, you're surrounding yourself with things that, I mean, you're starting with great stories, I'm sure. I'm sure they're epic, amazing stories, right? But in all of that, in those epic and amazing stories, you've got to also think about the fact that, you know, you just it, pause and celebrate in those stories. Take a moment. Now, I'm sure the whirlwind catches, right? You've got $114 million. You've got 1.5 taken away from you. You're blowing the rest. You're having some fun. You're going crazy. Easy. Put, if you had some good people in your life from the jump, if you had actually some good people in your life, guess what you would learn? A, you would, they would tell you to pause, and hopefully you would listen to them because that's what you need. B, you would be sharing with those good people and having good times, healthy good times, not loaded up on crack or anything else. You know, and, and, and C, you would... You would you'd start you'd building be building off of a stronger foundation, you know. Um, it's just it's one of those things. My dog right now is drinking water, the loudest water drinker in the world, just the absolute loudest. It's just lap for a for a mid-sized dog, a basset hound, just 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 dumps his whole head in the water and just slaps it around, just kaplow kaplow kaplow. It's, it's nothing nice about it, nothing gentlemanlike about it. He's got long nails. I gotta trim those nails again. Yeah, you shake. Shake and tap dance through the whole thing. There you go. So the the other the other moral of the story of these lottery winners and losers is, is pretty simple. And that is that they uh they there's always people asking, there's always handouts. And why is that? Well, it's because you're announced on television. Right? The whole world, all of a sudden, the reason we know about these failed stories. The reason we understand what's going on in their lives is because of a couple of things. Is that one, everyone knows who they are. 
And then two, when everyone knows who they are, you start getting followed by the press. And as soon as you start getting followed by the press and followed by everyone around you, then every little mistake you made is compounded. And then you're trying to bounce back. You're trying to impress people. Now you've got your 15 minutes of fame and you're running after stuff. So what do you do? Well, you try to win anonymously. That's the first thing. The first thing you try to do is just win anonymously. Can you win anonymously? That's the question. In New Hampshire, you can. You know, in fact, recently a woman won, she won $560 million in Powerball. $560 million. Guess what? She was able to claim it privately. She was able to get that money privately. Good for her. Jane Doe, I'm proud of you. She wants to, and by the way, you, you should, everyone should be able to remain anonymous. That's just how it works. That's just how it should work. But I also understand the lottery's point of view. They want to show the winners. They want to show who won. They want to put a face to it. Everything else. They do. But you have to take, I mean, there's tragedy when everyone knows. When everyone knows, there's tragedy, right? I mean, Craig Birch, who won, he was killed in his home invasion in Georgia after winning $430,000 in the state lottery. We already talked about Jack Whitaker in West Virginia, who walked away with $114 million, right? His, he, was, he was stolen from twice. People drained his bank account. You should be able to stay anonymous. So why is there a public's right to know? Why, why would someone say, you know, I have a right to know? Well, the law exists so that the government's activities are open. Right? So the idea is, is that the government runs this lottery, state-run lottery. We want to show you that people are actually getting paid, that the money is going out there. So here you go. Right? The primary reason to require disclosure of a winner's name is to protect the integrity and transparency of the process. When the lottery winner's identi identities are available to the public, the argument goes, citizens can be assured that the insiders aren't cheating in favor of themselves or loved ones. So, and here you go. Iowa security chief Eddie Tipton rigged a multi-state lottery and got a 25-year prison sentence instead of the jackpot he was going after, which was $16.5 million. So, under that rationale, most states do not keep winners' information private. Only a small majority of states do, including Delaware, Kansas, Maryland, North Dakota, <clears throat> Ohio, South Carolina, and Texas. Permit at least some anonymity of the lottery winners. So here's the crazy thing. North Dakota does, South Dakota does it. South Carolina does, North Carolina does it. Interesting. In defense of making winners' names public, lottery officials also like to put a face to the name, which I just said, and it increases sales. Because then at least you see that there's someone there. But is there a happy medium? Is there something we can do? With all this money out there and everything that's going on, is there something we can do? You know, um, and there are, right? So North Carolina, you know, you can have the funds released to a trustee, you know, because um, that's just how it works. The, you know, the, comp there's, it's the, the complication here is the potential widening out of uh, an individual of the ticket, i.e. the technicality if, he, if there ever was one. The judge's decision is sound because it upholds the state's interest in transparency of the process while simultaneously keeping Doe's identity secret. So you can, you do the trust, which is a good one. Uh, North Carolina does not allow you to have beneficiaries um, by way of, you know, you must, doesn't allow because you must disclose everything publicly. Suck at North Carolina, okay? 
Another option for middle ground could be a specifically appointed independent board that can verify the identity of the winner for transparency's sake, but also keep the winner's private information under wraps. I like that. I like that a lot. And, you know, whatever the future, you know, the moral here is that, listen, I get why they're doing what they're doing. I do. I get it. I understand. Uh, at the same time, let's, um, let's, I don't know, let's be a little bit better about this, shall we? Let's be a little bit better about it, if we can. And I'd like us to. You know, I, I, I would think that, that we could be a little bit better. Maybe, maybe not. But I don't know. You know, it's, it's something that could happen. So now let's just, let's think about $30 million in 30 days. So, so far, Brewster's, you know, he can only give so much away. He can only do so much. But he's got to come out. He can't have, he can't be cash positive at the end, right? None of these can turn into positive things. They, 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 they can't accrue interest, nothing like that. So, and he can't give it all away. Like, he just can't walk out and just, you know, play for it. So he's got to, he's got to spend the money. He's got to do some stuff that's going to, that's going to make some magic happen. My dogs, or you might hear some growling. I apologize. He's getting after it. So he wants his team to play the Yankees. He's going to pay for all that. That's nice. I like it. He's getting, he's got a nice lady with him. He's uh, renting a beautiful place. Smart move, renting. He's, he's buying really nice clothes and, and champagne. All things that just don't have a value with them afterwards, which is nice. So if they don't have a value with them afterwards, then he's in the clear. But what are you going to spend $30 million on today? If I give you a million dollars a day, what are you going to go do? What are you going to spend that money on? That's a crazy amount. I mean, that's, but, but understanding you get $300 million if you do it, right? So he's got one baller move that he does, and that is... He buys a very rare stamp and he puts he puts it on postage. So he actually uses this rare stamp. It's a million dollar stamp. Uses it and um, mails a letter to someone. Love it. Absolutely love the move. Perfect move. Couldn't agree more. It's great stuff. If if you've got to blow it away, right? Uh, services. You can always do services. This is one way where you can. Blow your cash, have some fun, and, and, and goof off, right? So services is, is the way to do it. I love it. I love the idea of services. Of, you know, it's massages. You want like a gold plate massage, right? You want something nice. You want, like, you want caviar and anything else massage. You want all of these things going on. You want, you want to be able to take a bath in, in Dom. It's, that's only like 10 grand. Yeah, they have a million dollars a day. A million, you can buy a dog, buy some rare dogs. You could support some charities, I'm assuming, right, with some of that money. All of these things. You gotta hire some consultants. You gotta do exactly the opposite of what they said. You've gotta play, man, could, how many fantasy football leagues could you get in? Or just, or do DraftKings and just blow it. Just, just absolutely blow it. Could you do a million dollars on one Sunday in DraftKings? That'd be crazy. First of all, I think your, your phone would melt. And you would unluckily win one game for sure and get some money back. And that's what sucks, right? 
That is what sucks. And you can gamble some, uh, but you, it's a gamble, right? So you don't want to win. If you put a million dollars down, gamble it away, but then you win. Always bet on black. Boop, bet on red, and it hits red. You're done. Um, you could, I don't know, you could do a lot of stuff. But $30 million, it's so much money. It's an insane amount of money. Absolutely insane amount of money. What is, I mean, dang, that is just crazy. But I do love the luxury apartment. And in this day and age, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy, right? You could, you could blow through it. But when this movie was made, that's just, that's an obscene amount. But $300 million is an obscene amount. Now people are winning that. And probably more than likely tonight, someone or a group of someone's is going to walk away with $900 million. $900 million. Wow. Are you kidding me? $900 million. Now, hopefully, because it's so much, hopefully they win in a state where it's anonymous, right? You want, you want to win in a state where they get to stay anonymous because you need them to stay anonymous. Too much money. It's too much money. You don't want anyone to know who won. Uh, will I be buying a lottery ticket? 100%. I'll spend $2. I buy one. That's all you need. You buy one, you call it a day. And then you're done. You buy one, you call it a day. By the way, I was talking about that baller stamp move that he was going to do. He just did it. He's buying the stamp right now. He's going to buy the stamp and he's going to send it out in the mail. Love it. Love it. All right. So back to this $900 million. $900 million and then like, you know, five or $600 million, right? It's, it's so much money. It is absolutely amazing. One, life-changing. Absolutely life-changing for you and the people around you. Uh, but once again, hopefully you stay anonymous. So Brewster million, uh, Monty Brewster pays 1.25 million for a stamp and then puts it in the mail, cover the New York Post. Well played. I do, I do find this very interesting, by the way. Uh, I do find this very interesting. This part to me is, is, is crazy interesting. One, uh, the, the executor, the person who is giving Brewster this money, who's doing all of this stuff, he, uh, they're all white. They're all old, rich, white guys. And they just, they think they've got it over on this guy. And it's, you know, there's, there's some weird racial tones in this movie. And, you know, you've got the, the, the oh, he got me. They were laughing because he bought the stamp and the stamp was going to go up in value. And then he put it on the postcard and mailed it to the old rich white guys. A picture of his baseball team. I love it. Absolutely amazing. He used the stamp. He used what he bought. And the old rich white guys are complaining because they want that $300 million. But it's just weird that his great uncle, twice removed, whatever, super rich, is white. All the rich people and all the people trying to are white. And it's just, you know, and, and they're thinking they're getting one over on this relief pitcher for this minor league team. It's, it's interesting. It's just, it's an interesting game. I don't know. There's this is the, the racism part of it. Uh, you know, when you when you're watching it silently and you're watching him go through this and you've already seen the movie, uh, it is <laughs> it's different. You know, it's it's tough. It's tough to see sometimes, it really is, because that is just absolute it's 
It's weird. It's like, you know, we're going to do Trading Places, uh, which Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy switched spots. We're going to do that movie as well. And Eddie going from the streets to rich and Aykroyd from rich to the streets. And the old white guys making their, their dollar bet on what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's this lack of acceptance or, or I guess you'd call it acceptance. I don't know, of, of wealth or of any way or, or anything like that. Yeah, or, or the fact that the only way we're showing this is that he's going to blow that money. And how is he going to blow that money? And why, you know, and, and it's just this silly, silly thing that he, he can blow this money, that, that he can be the person to blow it, but he can't tell anyone else. I don't know. It's a weird, weird tangent, but it's something that, that I find fascinating. Now, on another weird tangent, can we talk about the fashion? John Candy is wearing a necklace with a gold catcher's mask. And then underneath that necklace with the gold catcher's mask is a shirt and a tie. And then over that shirt and a tie is a cardigan. A wonderful cardigan. What happened to the cardigan? Remember the cardigan? Remember the nice, nice cardigan? Yeah, the cardigan. Amazing, amazing, amazing piece of fashion. Or the sweater vest. You know, you got Richard Pryor, he's got on plaid, he's got on stripes, he's got a scarf, he's got a shirt. He's, the, the fashion in this movie, there's a lot of neon, there's a lot of dancing, there's a lot of stuff going on. Neon, dancing, craziness, and why? Because it's the fucking 80s, man, it's crazy. It's crazy as all hell. And it's going to stay crazy as all hell. And there's a reason for it, folks. There's just, there's a reason for it. It's the 80s. 80s fashion, neon, just this, I don't know. It's, it's high-waisted pants, pleats. It's absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. And you're wondering, Jason, why, why are you focusing on this so much right now? Might have an internet issue. Might be having one, for sure. And it's back. Guess who's back? Back again. Shady's back. Tell a friend. So, the you know, so we've got bad fashion. We've got racial overtones. We've got sports. We've got money. What are we missing from Brewster's Million in all of this? What's the one thing that we're missing? That's right. Religion, folks. It's the one thing you don't see in here. Right? You, don't, you don't see Brewster... Uh, giving away all of his money. You don't see it at all. In fact, or, or giving it to a church, right? So you don't, you don't see the religious aspect or the religious overtones of uh, creeping in, which is what we happened in, in some of the lottery stories that, that we talked about earlier, right? The, the one gal or the one guy, he was a pastor. He was an evangelical preacher working at Home Depot and, uh, and he won. And then he ended up giving it all away and then committing suicide. But you don't, you don't see that in this film. And you wonder, if you won $900 million, then, uh, so it's Tuesday, so you wake up Wednesday morning, $900 million, you go grab an attorney, you go down to your local lottery office, you walk in, you get your money, hopefully in a state where you can stay anonymous. I don't know how long it takes for you to get, pardon me with the yawn, I don't know how long it takes for you to get the money from the time it happens, or, you know, if you got... If you're, if you're a devout religious person, let's say a Judeo-Christian, 
well, what do you do? Give your 10%, so you, give, you cut up a check for 90 million, and you have to give it all to that church? Or is it just giving it away? Do you sit down with the pastor of the church and go, listen, I got 90 million, I'm gonna give away. At ninety million dollars, and then whatever ten percent of that interest is moving forward, a minimum of ten percent. You know, some will argue theologically. Let's go down a little theological rabbit hole, thanks to Mike Erie. Some will argue that Old Testament was ten percent. New Testament is not ten percent. It's everything. God gave everything in giving His only Son. Hence, you should give everything, and it's really all His, hers. What's the What's the uh, what, what do you, you call God a him or a her? I'm just curious where, where that sits in the world of all this. Where does, where does that sit? Is it, hmm, do you assign gender to, to, to God? You assign gender to Jesus. Jesus was born a boy from, from a lady, a virgin birth, allegedly. You know, um, so you, you, you know that Jesus is, is male. Holy Spirit, spirit, not male or female. God, we always say, we always give God a, a male kind of kind of subtext there, but no one really knows what's going on with that. So it's interesting. It's very interesting. But yeah. So do you sit down with your pastor and go, oh, I got 90 million? Let's look at me, church corruption. Let's look what happens. The church is, is a lot, can be, not always, but can be a lot like the government in the way that you give them money, and I mean, listen, and we're gonna, we're gonna go on a limb here, but look at Joel Olstein. This dude's got a mega mansion, he's got a mega church, and I'm not saying he doesn't, he doesn't work hard in any way, shape, or form. I'm sure the guy works hard, he's got a huge staff, he employs a ton of people, uh, but when the Houston floods happened, did they open up this church? Did he open up his church? No. Do you open up his home? No. No, he just said, hey, sorry, not available. Just not, we're not available right now. We're just not available. You know, all the money, all the things that are given to him, and then by the way, everything he has given to him. Everything. Because it's all through donation. So your mega church, everything you everything that's built around you, everything that's happening to you, all of that nonsense, it was given to him. Given to him. Yeah. I mean, you, you went to school, you studied the Bible, you did all of that, good for you, but it was all given to you. Every bit of it was given to you. And you didn't get, when people needed it the most, you didn't give back. So I say that because you gotta be careful and whether you're winning the lottery, and of course we're living all in fantasy land here, or you just have a ton of money, or you have a little bit of money. How you give that, you should really sit down with those people that you're giving money to. If, you're, if that church is too big that you can't sit down with the pastor whether you're giving a dollar or a hundred million dollars and you can't say, hey, where's this money going or how does this work? If you can't do that, if you can't sit down and just know or, or get an understanding of what's going on, don't go. Don't give. Find another way. Go to the homeless shelter. Give to the, uh, give to the food bank. Give to an orphanage. Give in another way. And, and guess what? Those people will tell you exactly where it goes. We gave money this year to the food bank. You guys have talked about it before, but they tell you. They tell you exactly how many meals it's going to provide. They tell you where it's going to go, what's going to happen, everything. They're transparent. That's all you want. That's all you want from anyone, any group you're giving money to. You want that. You guess where you don't get that? You don't get that from the government, A, 
and you don't get that from the church, generally speaking. You don't get it from either. That's a disappointment. It's a real bummer, right? Because you need that, you need in, in some ways that transparency. You just want to know where it goes. And I'm not saying I'm going to agree or disagree, but you should just let me know. Hey, uh, Joel Olstein, how much are you pulling in from everyone giving money per month? What are you taking a million? Just taking 10% of what comes in? <clears throat> Is that fair? I don't know. No, um, how much does it cost to run your church? Why does it cost so much? How much of that time is donated versus who's on staff? What does that look like? All of those things. And then when so much is given and you've been given so much in times of tragedy, you give zero. I mean, at least with our dopey government, they try to give back, right? They, they try. And, you know, Olsen is just a, a damn crook. It's just all it is. He's just a crook. Folks, um, we got some, I got some good news and bad news for you. All right, here's the good news and bad news. I'm off, I'm off, I'm off the giving tangent here, all right? You gotta give, you gotta have some fun, you gotta do some things for sure, okay? Gonna have some fun. So, here's where, we, here's where we're at, and then I'm gonna give you the bad news. A, it's $1.6 billion up for grabs. It's a crazy number, it's a crazy number. So weird, 1.6 billion. Just pause for a minute. That's so much money, so much money. There's there's countries that don't have a GDP of a billion dollars. Okay, it's crazy. It's insane. So 1.6 billion is up for grabs. Go buy a ticket. Spend two dollars. Go spend two dollars. Just for the fun. Just for just so tonight you can dream. Don't watch the numbers tonight. Just go to bed and think about it and dream about buying a car and a house and going on a dope vacation and having some fun. Dream about it. Have fun with it. Get after it. It's worth the price of admission. 100% go after it and have some fun. Okay? Because that's you know, at the end of the day, if you spent $2 to have some amazing dreams or just la-la off into fantasy land, because it provided that opportunity for you, then go after it. Have some fun. Do it. By, by the way, if you, if you have $4, go ahead and get that Powerball ticket as well. Get the Powerball ticket, because woe is you, you might only walk away with, you know, 400 million bucks or whatever. Whoa, whoa, whoa is you. Is it 657 million or 700 million dollars? That's just so, there's $2.1 billion up for grabs. Man, just have some fun with it. Have some fun with it. Okay, Bonnie Ray at the shit out of the moment. Let's give him something to talk about. I was going to give you some bad news, but back to good news. The internet crashed on me. Crashed hard on me. But now we're back. We are back. The internet, we're cruising along. My goodness. We are halfway through Brewster's Millions. And, uh, nope, my internet's down again. Kids, hate to do this. We're an hour in. The internet has crashed back on me again. Doing Brewster's Million. I'm recording a bonus episode. This will be the fun part. We're recording a bonus episode uh, tomorrow at the Secret Studio with the great Bobby Cheatham. Uh, he's opening up the studio. We're going to do a secret, secret studio with my buddy Steve Dombeck. We're going to have some fun. We're going to do um, I think Risky Business tomorrow. 
So I'm just giving you some highlights because the internet's crashed me again. Go watch Brewster's Million. Watch it today if you can, <clears throat> if you've got the time, you know, or, or catch up on, online, play in the background, listen to it, have some fun. Just get after it. Make some time. Stop at the gas station. Get yourself a lotto ticket. Get yourself two if you can, one of each. That's it. Four bucks. No more. No less. Four dollars. Have some fun. Get after it. And then when it's all said and done, whether you win or lose, man, just smile about it. If someone else wins, cheer them on. Thank them. If you win, be smart. Learn from the people. Take a moment. Have a good time. But remember, that money can go away quickly, as anything can. I mean, Brewster shows us he spends $30, $30 million in 30 days. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So it's an hour. Usually they're two. You're, you know, we're getting off because of some internet issues. And <clears throat> that's just how it works. But hey, don't worry about it. We're going to have a bonus episode popping out. And I think the dick man and I next week are going to do one. We're going to do a Halloween one. Coming in hot for Halloween. Maybe. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I will figure it out. We'll get it done. we got to do a horror film of, of some capacity at some time. So anyways, this was a short one due to internet issues with the rain and everything that's going on here. We're just having some problems here in Austin, Texas. Uh, and this also is what happens when you wait till the day of to do stuff. This is also a little bit of my laziness and getting a whole bunch of other stuff done around the house. I love you guys. I want to thank our listeners in Spain, our listeners in Brazil, our listeners in Slovakia, Canada, Omaha, somewhere in middle America. Thank you for listening. Dallas, Texas, Austin, Texas, California, yeah, United States, Canada, all of you. Uh, this is, you know, I, I love doing this. Uh, it's, it's so much fun. I really do enjoy it. I'm sorry that we're, we're adding this out early. But uh, I, I rely on the internet to play these movies. I don't have them on DVD or VHS. It is all good. I appreciate you. And uh, have, a, have a great day. All right? Go buy your lottery ticket. Lotto fever in full effect. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Now here's my daughter singing about the time she took a poop. She did a poop. Enjoy.